Welcome into the CHO Bears podcast on this Wednesday in Chicago. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Greg Braggs Jr., the gang back together in person. I missed you guys so much. And you know, I think the I might. I detected determined that was a lie. No. <laughs> I'm leaving my family and I'm spending Christmas with you next year. You did have a Christmas flex pick. On Twitter, I'm known to do a flex pick or two, so I, I did debate on that one. I was like, "Is this a little?" It was a flex. Yeah, was, I liked it. But I enjoyed the, the ambiance. Was very nice. It was er- that pick was early in the morning. Is be- my aunt have a great place up in Minnesota. It's sweet. And and the backdrop was sweet. I very was like, fortunate. Right. But my son's just like you know, he's nine. The other his cousins are younger, and he's just up, and he's like, just like. Going through all the presents, well, like that's the kids what I mean. So do. all the presents are for a lot of kids, yeah. not just for one kid. Oh yeah, that's the other aspect of the picture. Is like, dang, get no, no, hooked no. up here. Now there was one, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six kids total. Okay, seven if you include me. Okay. Would you yeah. like to hear about life as a single Jewish man on Christmas? It's so good. <laughs> I was cl- I cleaned the baseboards. I got like the the dirt that just had mounded up for 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 years. I got down in there and I got my spray on it. It was it was such a great morning. And then I did laundry. And then I looked around and I was like, me and you, air. Jordan, 17th time. Let's watch. And then I had a great afternoon with. I should have invited you guys over for prime rib. We had plenty. Don't worry about it. I was just, you know, single Jewish man at home. And I had a lovely afternoon. It was, (laughs) it was, it was wonderful. But the Christmas morning. There is a significant other in your life. What happened there? I, I was, it was nice that football was on. I, I was hanging out, baby. I, I had a great morning. There was a lot of football. 29 million people watched the Chiefs game. Yeah. Twenty-nine oh. million. Did They'll you, be playing on Christmas. Did you every sample year. the Nickelodeon broadcast at all? Yes, I showed yeah. Addie that she enjoyed it very much. You look at Baldy out of nowhere today. I'm, I'm sorry he's not on screen yet, but you guys should get excited about what you're about to see. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mugs, my family doesn't like me either. That's why I didn't go see my family on, on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we don't do our best days with you. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> all right, let's bring in Brian Baldinger. <laughs> To the show. Prison Mike? Look at this. Mozzarella boss. <laughs> yes. Look at this guy. What's up? What's up, fellas? What up? How was your Christmas? It's good, man. It's, it's been great. I'm in Fort Lauderdale here. I just got out of the water. Giant stingrays swimming by out there. The water's crystal clear. It's good. What? I knew I had something to do with Chicago here, so I had to get out. Come what, join what, you guys. What's your all-time favorite Christmas present you ever received? All-time favorite, um, I think, I mean, I got this, I used to live in Minnesota, and we used to play hockey all the time. I got this unbelievable hockey stick one year. I, I, my lift on the puck was never better. Like, I could just, oh. I could put it anywhere I wanted on the net from that stick, man. Christian yeah. Brothers. It was just a great stick. Baldy, I was in Minnesota on Christmas, and the lake's not even frozen. What is happening to the world right now? <laughs> You go up there, it's 50 degrees no on Christmas. Like there's no ice fishing? Well, there was ice, and the ice was literally melting to the point it wasn't safe to walk on. So, yeah, nobody's out there ice fishing. I'm like, if we can't go to Minnesota for ice on Christmas and there's some snow, I don't know what we're doing there anymore. could be yeah, something going on. Like, I honestly, like, I, I mean, there's lakes everywhere in Minnesota. But, like, this time of year, you just get a snowmobile, man. You're just, like, digging oh. holes in the ice, and you're dropping your line in there and drinking beers, and, like, you're just – you know, life is just fantastic. But the idea that the lakes aren't frozen is just strange. 
It, it was a weird. It was a weird Christmas. Still a great Christmas, but it was it was definitely weird being up there. Up. Uh, Can we yeah. just apologize to Baldy? The dude was just swimming around with stingrays, living the dream mm-hmm. in the water on vacation, yeah. and had to change his life to talk to us. I would personally. <laughs> I had, uh, I, my girl, my, my girlfriend was like, "Hey, it's uh, it's almost one o'clock. Don't you have something to do?" I'm like, "Ah, she. All right, yeah. All right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. Oh, I got to get out of the water to talk to these three knuckleheads. It's, it's like the water. Like I'm a diver. The water is crystal clear. It's it's at least it's probably sixty feet visibility right now. I mean, it's not a ripple in the water. It's fantastic to dive. I remember so. you doing some videos on social where you were actually in the water while you were doing. Oh, it. oh yeah. 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 yeah we go, gotta, out there, we go out there. I, I don't know like to see him call it. for uh, the All NFL podcast. I'm going to get out there this afternoon. Oh, that's great. Okay, um, I, I know you are in Atlanta for Christmas yeah. too um, and the Bears play the Falcons this week so instead of that we're going to dive into some Bears talk obviously but I wanted to get your impressions just where this Falcons team is at and they had a, a nice victory on Sunday the Bears are actually favored in this game by a field goal um, but I think I, I don't know how we got to this point but I feel like people are actually sleeping on the Falcons in this matchup now well the Colts came in with a four game win streak and I mean they were I thought they were the favorites Taylor Heineke took over and you know they have they have three really great young talents in Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan. And they got the ball to those guys the other day and they all had good games. And so like I thought, and, and Taylor Heineke didn't turn it over and their offense line is very good. They play without the right tackle. Uh, Caleb McGarry, I think will go this week, but they got a good offensive line. They have, uh, they got their two defensive tackles back, Calais Campbell. And uh, those guys inside played really, really good. And the Colts, I mean, outside of the opening drive, they couldn't do anything against them all day. It was really a one-sided game. And I don't think anybody expected that at all. Jonathan Taylor didn't have any daylight at all to run. And I thought the Falcons, like, looked really strong. Like a really – they looked like a good team. If He came in, you go, okay, the Colts are the playoff team. The Falcons are playing out the string. You leave the game going, the Falcons look like they could be a good playoff team if they get there. So, on that note – did they wait too long to turn to Taylor Heineke? Because here's the thing about Heineke. He's 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 obviously sh- probably should be a backup, but he's in my, on my list of good backups. He won a playoff game a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, they, he took Tampa Bay the year they won the Super Bowl to the break, you know, when he was in Washington. Was. Yeah, um, he, played, he played really good, but he's he's, he's – um, He's mobile, like he, he'll scramble and run, and he's tougher and can be. They they went to him earlier in the year, and he lost two in a row. And he didn't play great, so they went back to Ritter. They were just looking for somebody that could distribute the ball and not turn it over. And um, he gave them that the other day. They, they look like a good football team. I mean, they have talent. Like, even, you know, when you're dropping Cordero Patterson, who you guys know, like, as your kickoff returner, tailback with Tyler Algier, like, they've got legitimate talent you know, everywhere offensively. And who knows, maybe they put it all together down the stretch here. But I think Chicago will get, certainly get tested this weekend. Baldy, we had a big discussion yesterday about Marvin Harrison Jr., which uh, most Bears fans are very excited about. Do you, I don't know how much you've watched him, I'm assuming you have, at least some. Do you look at him as a generational wide receiver talent that could, you know, one day be one of the all-time greats. I know that's way too much to put on a draft pick, but that's if you're really going to pick him at the top, that's how I think you'd be looking at him. Well, I mean, we're probably looking at what Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, guys, pick, you know, picked at the top of the draft and came in and delivered right away. Um, 
I don't see why he can't. I mean, he dominated college football since his freshman year. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I live in Philly. I know his dad. He's, you know, they're all from Philly. So Roman Catholic High School. Um, he's so much different than his dad, though. He's so much bigger. You know, his dad was obviously a Hall of Fame caliber, but, I mean, Marvin's so much bigger than his dad. And so I don't know if generational is right to work because, I mean, is Puka a generational talent? He's a fifth-round pick. He's lighting the league up. So I don't, I don't know if that's the right word. I'm not saying it isn't. But I think people are looking at Larry Fitz, at at Marvin like that type of player. He can come in, put up 80 catches and 12 touchdowns and 1,200 yards, you know, the moment he hits the field next year. So, you know, a few weeks ago you guys were talking about, you and Hug were talking about how much you thought Brock Pur- Purdy was close to locking up that MVP, watching the game the other night, you know, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens you know, dominated the 49ers offensively and defensively. Do you think that Lamar Jackson has elevated himself ahead of Brock Purdy now? Well, what I said, what I said was I wanted to wait until the 49ers played the Ravens because the Ravens have the best defensive football and they play a defense. Nobody else plays. They play this matchup zone defense. That is hard. I mean, you've got to be Matt Stafford. Perfect. Like he was, two weeks ago to really penetrate and pierce that defense. And obviously Purdy wasn't good enough and the 49ers weren't good enough. But I, I also said this, I said in a league full of stars, and I said on Christmas night, there'll be McCaffrey and Bosa and Trent Williams and Debo. It, it's going to be stars everywhere, but the league's biggest star is Lamar. Like you can't not watch Lamar on TV. Like he's just, he's just that good. And it's not even about numbers. It's just about what he does and how difficult he is to defend. And when he's not turning it over like he did the other night, he's he's the league's biggest star. So that being said, a lot of Bears fans try to draw this comparison with Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. You just said to yourself, it's not about the numbers, it's about what he does on the field and the challenges he creates to defenses. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, you know, it's just that Lamar's record is unmatched through five or six years right now. Nobody has... A uh, like a road winning record like Lamar in this business ever, so the comparison stops with just the overall team record. Now the Ravens are far far advanced of the Bears as far as organization stability, all that kind of stuff. Um, they hit on a number of draft picks, like they just have been at the top of the leaderboard for a long time, and so Lamar is a benefactor of that, and so the record reflects it. But that's I think Justin has that type of star power you saw on display the other day against Arizona and, you know, some of his scrambles, some of his throws. And he'll probably, when you are run first team, the way Chicago is, the way they ran, you're never going to throw 30 plus touchdowns. Although Lamar did that, you know, the year that he was unanimous MVP, but you're just not going to throw those kind of numbers up. You're not going to throw for 4,000 yards, but you're going to help him run for 2000 which, you know, it's a different way of winning and a different way of moving the ball. Baldy, as, a, as just a general football fan who uh, typically we go into the playoffs here with our team not into not going into the playoffs, uh, we're kind of used to that here. So, I, 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 But looking at this field and how it can play out here, it seems really wide open 
to me. Like this is this is not. I agree. Oh, we're gonna get the Chiefs in the Super Bowl for sure type of thing. Like even if they end up making it, it would be a story because of how much they're struggling right now. How just when you look at the landscape of this league right now, going into the playoffs, are, are you excited? Like I mean, some of these matchups. You imagine if the Rams go to Detroit and it's Matt, Matt Stafford. Go, you know, going back to Detroit for a playoff, there's so many cool things that could happen here. No doubt. And it's uh, it, you have to, like, almost get rid of the records because the records aren't going to make a difference. Um, I think the only team that can beat San Francisco like that is Baltimore, except the Rams could also because of the way the Rams are playing and the way Stafford's throwing the ball. They've got their five offensive linemen up there. Kyron Williams is a factor back. Um the young kids that they're playing, they're starting three rookies on defense, Byron Young, Kobe Turner, whoever, like they've, they've really gotten a lot better as the season's gone on. And they're very well coached, very well coached. So the Rams could be the most dangerous team if they get in. And maybe that week 18 game um, in San Francisco, maybe that determines it. But they, they played San Francisco earlier in the year when they weren't playing great. It was 30-23. It was a one-score game. And they moved the ball. And so that was a, that was a really good football game. What what the Rams did to the Ravens, you know, two weeks ago. I mean, they lost in overtime on a punt return. Who knows? Tampa Bay has won four in a row. Baker's playing the best football of his life. Mike Evans seems unstoppable. Like, you could make a case in Detroit, the way they're running the ball with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Like, they're a dangerous team. But the Cowboys – you know, played Detroit this week. That game is going to be for a lot, a lot in the NFC race. And I don't believe in Philadelphia at all, yet they could still give some teams problems right now because I think they could still score a lot of points if they have to. Baldy, I, I rewatched uh, the Bears and the Cardinals, and I, maybe this is happening all the time. I'm just noticing it more now. But it still looks to me like the Bears' rookie defensive tackle, Zach Pickett, Jervon Dexter Sr., are late coming off the ball. Do you see that when you're watching him? Uh, am, am I taking crazy pills here? I also think that the Bears' offense looks like it's actually starting to get a rhythm. Like, they, like they're like they moving Justin out more consistently. There's a better flow. That's That was my biggest takeaway from, from the rewatch. Well, I thought um, I'm going to go look at that about the defensive tackles because I hadn't really picked up on that, but this doesn't mean it's not true. But I will go take a look and just to make sure that you're not in your crazy pills, but I'm going to take a look at it. <laughs> Takeoff is everything for defense alignment. Right. And I mean, I saw this kid for the Raiders early in the year, Tyree Wilson. He was a, he was a day late, a dollar short, every single snap. Like I just couldn't figure it out. I had to ask, call Max Crosby to find out what's wrong with this kid. So <clears throat> that's everything. But I thought Khalil Herbert, he looked as good as we've seen him um, all year. Like he hit those holes really good. But they did a couple things, some fold blocking. They did some things in the run blocking scheme that got these holes like, and he hit it and saw it. I thought they looked really good up front running the ball the other day. And I know it's Arizona, so you want to like couch it a little bit, but still, you know, it's about execution. And I thought they were sharp up front like that. So on that note, I think this is an interesting matchup this week because, you know, the, the Falcons run a lot of outside zone too. They do a really good job with their running scheme, and I think both of these, you know, the Falcons should be a tougher defensive test than the Cardinals just were. Vice versa, the Bears defense going up against the Falcons. Like, that battle this week I think is going to be fascinating to watch. No, I agree. Onyemata and Calais Campbell are back and healthy and playing really good in the middle of that Falcons defense. 
they got some young um, young pass rushers, Zach Harrison and uh, Arnold Ebikati. They got some young guys coming off the edge. Bud Dupree. I still have a hole in my chest from when Bud Dupree came out of Kentucky, and we were doing this demonstration at the NFL Network. And I was just like, you know, let's just go through like a run blocking scheme. And he freaking did a two handed punch on my chest. Like I still feel like I got a concave chest from when he hit. That guy's so strong. Like they got some. Yeah, those two linebackers inside for the Falcons are really, really good. Uh, Ellis and Landman, like they're they're really good players. Um, they 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 benched two starters in the secondary. They started a rookie safety and a rookie corner. They're like we're playing and they're playing good. So and it'll be a good test, really good test. I mean, I think it's a great game to watch. Can you explain to me why football players who get cracked in the head all the time when they celebrate, they want to bang heads again? Like, why? Why? Like, I don't get it. You you probably are all walking around with at least a quarter of a concussion. Yeah, let's do this again after I scored a touchdown. Well, I mean, look, we're, we're basically Neanderthals. We we're born in a cave. Like, we just go back to our roots. You know, we, we, we weren't born in a crib in a hospital. We were born, you know, we're cavemen. You know, that's part of what makes us special. Okay. My, my my favorite is when a player is on the ground, like after a big hit, and then like slowly gets up and then gets up and then all his teammates come and they <laughs> whack him on the head. Like you're okay, you're okay. Yeah. It's like maybe just slap him on the ass or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe not go after the head. Well, I, honestly, I honestly feel like some of these end zone celebrations are going to lead to injuries, like real injuries. Oh. Like whether it's the chest pumping, I'm just waiting for somebody to twist his ankle when he come down, or you know, I mean. The celebrations look like they're more physical than some of the plays that caused the celebration. We've seen that, Baldy. Lamar Houston Houston. tore his ACL when he was on the Bears celebrating a sack on Jimmy Garoppolo, who was in the game because the Patriots were winning by 40 points. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bad one. I I, I remember I I played with Drew Pearson when I was in Dallas. He missed one game his whole life, 11 years. Drew missed one game, and it was just that. He did this – Celebration and spike. You know, like the guys used to jump up and spike it between their legs. Yeah. And he came down, and he twisted his knee, and he missed the next game. That's the only game he ever missed. Well, speaking of that, we got a guy here um, on our CHGO team in Cole Komet, who we're definitely biased because he joins us every week. But oh. he has been grinding, you could tell, in like the first half. He was unbelievable. Four catches, goes over 100 yards, and you could tell every time he caught the ball, got hit, like he was fighting through something. He has never missed a game in his career, and now he's got this knee issue. I don't think he's practicing today. Um, but something tells me that he's going to find a way to get on the football field Sunday. What have, what have you come to appreciate about Cole Komet this season? Well, his blocking has been good, really good. You know, and he, he reminds me a little bit of Kittle in that I don't think he's as fast as George. But he reminds me a little bit of Kittle. Like, I remember Kittle telling me one day that his coach said, would you stop being tackled by one guy? Like, just refuse to be tackled. And it really, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that this guy's not bringing me down. I'm going to run through this tackle. It's going to take more than one guy to bring me down. And I'm not going out of bounds. I feel like watching Cole last week and just through the year, like, that's he has a mindset like that. And then I thought his blocking last week was really good. Well, that's a point of emphasis I've been making to him while he comes on our shows is to go through the guy. Don't try to run away from him. I just speaking for myself. I think me changed Cole's career. Yeah. Me me and Cole both think we're faster than we actually are. It's one of those things. He's, he's a great player though. We hope he gets healthy here on Sunday. I, I actually have a question for you on 
the all 22 stuff because you do a great job breaking down the baldy breakdowns you put on Twitter. I, a lot of fans really enjoy, you know, your energy and, and breaking down a play. But a lot of fans here in this age of social media start to feel like all 22 has somewhat ruined the game for fans that try too hard to decipher what they're seeing and don't actually know what they're talking about. How hard is it for some fans, even if you understand the game on a higher level than a basic fan, to break down an all-22 film without actually being in the room and knowing what everyone's responsibility is on offense or defense? Uh, I, 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 I try to make it as simple as possible. I don't pretend to understand, like, specific coverages that are made just for this game or this player, you know, but you can generally look at things. For example, um, on any given play, if you're watching the television, um, as soon as the ball snapped, they follow the quarterback. So you'll never see what's going on in the secondary unless there's a breakdown, a big score, and they come back and show a replay. And maybe Romo or Troy or somebody might give you a pretty good idea of what cut the coverage was, quarters, cover two, whatever it might have been, maybe the breakdown, maybe. But generally, it's hard, to, it's hard to see that. Even as an analyst, it's hard to see, unless you go back and slow it down and rewind it and see what happened. If you watch the Ravens play defense, like you can see why Brock Purdy made some mistakes because their matchup zone concepts are just different than everybody else's. And somebody might look open as you start to throw the ball, and then he's completely covered by the time the ball gets there. But you don't know that unless you're watching the L-22. It's impossible to see. So I don't know that it's ruining. I think it enhances, honestly, the fans that want to learn what happened. I know the players enjoy it. They like seeing somebody that has a pretty good idea of what they're talking about, whether it's techniques or whether it's breakdowns or why this was a good play or a spectacular play. I think it's a good way to kind of show some of that because it's just the game just moves way too fast to be able to see any of this stuff. Right. Well, you got to have fun with it too. Like Justin Fields, Justin Fields, orange shoes. Like that was one of my favorite baldy breakdowns this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand it was spat and tape, but you know, I'm like, look, the guy's got orange boots on, go buy some for Christmas for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, that's what what made John Madden. I worked worked with Terry Bradshaw for a long time and he knew I loved the X's and O's and Terry, you know, he had trouble spelling cat back in the day. Right. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> Terry, he just told me, he goes, look, we're in the entertainment business. Like, this is what we do. So so I never forgot that. It is still entertainment. We still watch it to enjoy it. This, this, there's the gambling aspect, and there's fantasy, and there's rooting for the home team. There's all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we just want to be entertained. So I try to bring some of that to it. Baldy, this job. this this is life or death. That's why we do this show every day. That's why the people watch us. We we cannot have any fun. We cannot yeah. sing secret, Agent Man. I don't like talk- being around those people. Those <laughs> yeah. people that's life and death and no fun. Like I don't like being around. Them. Yeah, no, uh. me neither. Uh, speaking of that, though, on a slight, if you to, to just to tell Bears fans right now with any confidence that the Bears are headed in the right direction, that you can actually look at this team and say, you know what. It ain't going to happen this year, but I'm telling you, this team with the right additions, you could have a hell of a 2024. Can you do that here in the Baldy mozzarella boss, outstanding bandana about to swim with with more stingrays on your vacation look? 
I can. I, I feel that way. I really do. I really feel like, in fact, let me just see. Since I felt like there was a lousy game against the Chargers, yeah. um, but I felt like since, like, even the loss to New Orleans, like, straight through, it's been highly competitive and improvement, Montez Sweat trade, uh, getting the offense line healthy. Like, I, I feel like seeing how the corners have played, um, how well they've played, I, I feel like they're definitely in the right direction. Could they make the jump the way we're watching Detroit make the jump from a year ago? I felt like Detroit's offense was more consistent the last 10 games last year than what the Bears have been. And one of the reasons, and they kept the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, which I thought was imperative. I don't think they're going to keep him this year. I feel like Detroit was a little bit better than Detroit before they made this leap this year. But I feel like these are two teams that are kind of paralleling each other a year behind. Well, I mean, they, they're 6-5 and five since starting 0-4. But three of those games are against the worst team in football, the second worst team in football, and the fourth worst team in football. Two of those other wins are also against Brian Hoyer and Josh Dobbs. The only signature win feeling like the Detroit game, but I get it. You play who's on your schedule. Dallas has beaten some bad opponents this year, and they're heading to the playoffs, and we'd certainly take that. Winning the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. No, so I'm just trying – like, for me, it's like, yeah, I can acknowledge the improvement. I'm excited about the future – but I'm trying to ask myself, is it enough to carry people over like Matt Eberflus or Justin Fields? That's the million-dollar question that we ask ourselves literally every day on this show and in our chat and everything else. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if you just if you just compare, if you just look at both games against Detroit, we know the first time you're up 12 with six minutes. I mean, you shouldn't win the game. But then you finished it off the next time you played them, and you waxed them. So – I mean, if that's like a benchmark and then you play Green Bay, you know, week 18 in Green Bay, if you go up there and you whack Chicago, uh, Detroit, and you go to Green Bay and you win and you beat a Atlanta Falcon team that's in a playoff hunt, like maybe that's what you need to finish it and feel good about it. Yep. I well, agree. All the, uh, we'll let you get back to the ocean. I'm extremely jealous. Might jump on a plane uh, to Fort La- Lauderdale after the show. Um but uh, we always appreciate it. Where are you headed this weekend? I am since I have to. Uh, I'm going to do the game in Philly, Philly and Arizona. Nice. Um, but I have to. I have to do this post football like Sunday night thing for the NFL. So I have to go to NFL film. So I'm like, just get me close to Philly. I'll do that game. So I'll be in Philly this weekend. All right, home game for Baldy. Love it. Uh, we'll talk Everybody to you next week. Pots and pans and lighting firecrackers off and popping corks at midnight. And I'll be breaking down week 17 for the NFL. So that's my summit. That's my New Year's Eve. Hey, it sounds like a good New Year's Eve to me. I don't know about you yeah. guys. That sounds terrible. Is, is, real quick, <laughs> is Michigan going to beat Alabama? Because I, I never have. I want Michigan to win. I want Harbaugh to win it. Because I want Harbaugh coaching the NFL next year. And I feel like if he wins this championship, he's done everything that he, he wanted to do at Michigan. And now we can get him to where he belongs in the NFL. We just need better coaching better coaches that we have. And Harbaugh is in that ilk. Just got Braggs excited. All right, Baldy. Talk to you later. See you guys. Have a great one. Brian Baldinger, make sure you follow him on Twitter at BaldyNFL for all those Baldy breakdowns. He gave us a sweet re- retweet this week, too, which we appreciate. What about, how about that going out with that little Jim Harbaugh? 
he, excitement. He wants to be a bear. Oh, I, and I got to believe it. Like I want Michigan to win. I'm rooting for them because we all know how much we all love Harbaugh here. But I play in Alabama. Did you see? I don't know who does, but I'm just going to speak for everybody because that's what I do. Well, I don't care what you want. <laughs> um, so, but I, I have to believe it when I see it when it comes to Alabama. I think they're going to thrash them. Because I never have any faith in the Big Ten beating Alabama. I just don't. Well, I do want to actually, you know, next week I do actually want to cover that um, a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it and what it could possibly mean because I, I, I feel like the Jim Harbaugh conversation has gone away a little bit here. Maybe because the Bears are 6-5 and five all of a sudden. I actually did not realize until Flus, good job from Flus sneaking this into his presser today. They've won four straight home games. Flusy Flus was amazing. After losing 10 straight, by the way, just so we're all aware. Right. Their last Improvement. Lo- their last loss at home was October the 5th to the Vikings. It's been a not mi- a good game. It's been a minute. The one before that was the Broncos game. Not a good game. So uh, we got Nicholas Moriano coming up with more from Flus at Hallis Hall. Uh, and I, um, we got to talk about these last two games. I think these are two big games. I think we're minimizing how important these last, no, last I, two I games agree. actually are. So we'll get into that as well. Um, one place I know I'm going to be later today is Midtown. Uh, I got the whole day plan. I'm mm. excited about it. And mm. uh, you can check out one of Midtown's four Chicago land locations. They got Palatine, Bannockburn, Willowbrook, and of course, in the middle of Bucktown, Lincoln Park. You going? You going outside swim today? I might. I think the pool closes in they, the only months the pools close are January, February, and March. So I this I think I got to get it in this week. You got to go outside swim. I want a video. Oh, I've done it before. Okay, I'm I know. Not you afraid? Have. I know. I know. In fact, I was there last week on one of those fifty degree days. Look, I came out of the yoga room. I looked down at the pool. You. You would have thought it was June. Yeah, they loved it. I'm not even kidding. Like, there was, like, 30 people in the pool. Kids and adults having a day. Let's go. Braggs, I'd love to see you swimming outside. I would smoke you in the pool just like I smoked you on the basketball courts at Midtown. Go ahead with your read. I will keep going. The only place you've got me is on the tennis court. Next year, you're going to get dominated on the golf course, swimming pool, basketball court. I'm a better athlete than you. Go ahead with your I just fell asleep. (laughs) Well, you're old. I I mean, it's easy for you to fall asleep. You guys can work this out at Midtown Palatine, (laughs) where they've launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club. It will be complete in early 2024. Now's your time to lock in favorable rates. If you join before the end of the year, I don't know if you guys realize that that's this week. Uh, the year is about to be over. Midtown's got something for everyone. You might be single. You might have a family with kids. They got stuff for kids. They you just look, maybe you're making lifestyle changes. We head into the new year. A lot of people do that too. Midtown is your place to go. Um, it's, I mean, it's incredibly nice. The gyms are awesome. They, they're next level in everything they do. The yoga, these boxing classes they do are awesome. Spin, cross training. My favorite is his apex class where it's half treadmill, half on the floor uh, with some weights. Uh, it's a really good workout. And, of course, just for CARM, they have the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, and paddle tennis. CARM is still not taking me out on a Midtown tennis court. I don't know what's taking them so long, it's but bad job I'm here. You. I'm ready to go. I got you know, nothing but time on my hands, obviously. USTA professional quality all the way. Head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Hey, look forward to doing that for you, Hogue. And also, I'm 
going to be working with Midtown about doing CARM tennis classes for all our diehards because that's going to be an amazing thing this summer. That's the plan. I don't know if anybody will get on board, but that's what I want to do. I also want you to do your gambling with DraftKings Sportsbook, who's giving new customers an exclusive offer. This one is, well, we're going to talk about your NBA fans right now because I love, I know football fans love the NBA as well. This week, new customers get five bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you could score an NBA League Pass subscription on us for the rest of the season. Think about that, Hogue. You can go League Pass for the rest of the year, buddy. Okay. I love that move for you, and for you, Lawrence, and for you, Greg. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code CHGO. New customers get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 plus score an NBA league pass on us. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. League pass reward issued as promo code to redeem subscription and must be claimed by January the 15th, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources all right let's bring in nicholas moriano from house hall he's wearing a hat today after carm uh, very rudely um just crushed his hair on yesterday's show i was listening i thought it was a great show but i thought it was ridiculous some of the things you said about nick his hair was awful and he looks way better today wearing that hat oh ooh, i do like the hair today <laughs> i like i like what nick just busted out the hat hair, the hat <laughs> hair? Good, good hat hair okay oh yeah oh. Look, look, this it's, it's it's a growing out process. How it was on the show yesterday was because I actually forgot to bring a hat, so I had to make something look somewhat presentable and I think it, you know, it was it was manageable yesterday, but I'll be better and that's why we got the hat today. I, this is an important question. Uh, when you say growing out, like what are we talking here? Are we like We going Fabio? I'm growing it. We are going. We're growing it. Kind of not like a slick back, like greaser look, but we are throwing it back a little bit. There's going to be style to it. There's still going to be a fade to it. So, um, as as I do it, it's got to be uh, big time. And yeah, it's going to be grown out uh, a lot longer than what you guys are usually. What you usually see me as. I always got a nice tight fade. It's not going to be the case once this is all said and done. Are you copying me because I'm growing it out? I've been growing. I like, to, I like to. I like to set the trend here, Mark. So I like to say that you're probably copying me. I I feel fairly confident that Nick is not copying Carm's fashion in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing it out. <laughs> Nick, what's happening over there at House Hall today? Yeah, let's start with the the injury updates because that's how Mark, Matt Eberflus kind of started off everything. It's a long list, you guys. So Tevin Jenkins, he's still in concussion protocol, and he said that he would be out there moving around. We just kind of got back from practicing a little bit, and you'll get the updates uh, once that's said and done from the Bears. Cole Komet, no practice today due to the knee injury, continuing to get treatment. And Matt Eberflus said, and we'll see where that goes. And Darnell Mooney, he self-reported um, – 
on Monday for a concussion, and now he's in a concussion protocol. And Lucas Patrick, he also has a knee injury. He was out of practice uh, for Wednesday, did go through walkthroughs, and was going to participate in meetings. DJ Moore, though, who was dealing with that ankle injury throughout the entire game, really, against the Cardinals. He was, uh, Matty Rufus said he was going to be at practice. Same with Deontay Foreman, who didn't play. And then the Bears actually get Equinemius St. Brown back and also Noah Sewell. And I'm surprised with uh, Equinemius with the pec injury, but he said that he would be back in practice and same with uh, Noah Sewell today. So, Nick, what what would you call flus today? Because I thought it was a it was kind of a fun flus. It was a con, it was a confident flus. It was a, a, a grounded flus. He had a good flusy flus day. It seems to be that the flusy's feeling pretty comfortable in his flusiness. I would say that too. I know you know Adam had his QB meter during training camp. There should be some type of fluce meter after some of these press conferences. But I would lean in the more positive direction. He cracked a couple of jokes. Um, he was asked about Justin Fields and his sliding, and if he thought that got better, and he said he think he did, especially depending on how many yards he gets. He usually pops up with some swagger and made you know the the media kind of laugh there when show. he said that. I have said that. A thousand times, he said that like almost word for word in his press conference today. I heard that Flus is a CSGO diehard. I put it in my notes. His exact words were, uh, he has that sliding swagger. The Mm -hmm. SS, the sliding swagger. I think Flus is the Duke. Whoa. Ooh, whoa. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, has anybody noticed? I'm so into Flus right now. It's unbelievable. Have anybody noticed the smile that the Flus gives? When Courtney Cronin asks him a question, he gets so – he starts doing the nod. What about when Jason Leisure asks him a question? No. No, not there. Okay. But I do think that I, I do think that him and Jason are on a better zone than they have been. I think there's he sort of settled into the leisure questions. I don't know. He just he was a, he was very he's it it's a moronic comment by me, I will admit it, but he, he just seems like a dude who feels pretty confident that he's gonna be here. That's what I get listening to him right now. Yeah, maybe that's the perception he's given off. I'll say this too. It's funny you bring up Jason Leisure because yesterday Iberflus also talked, but there was only what maybe six uh, media members there, and Iberflus was saying, "Yeah, oh, it's better when it's smaller." And then Jason's like, "I'm still here, Matt." And then he kind of you know chuckled a little bit there too, <laughs> um, but he also like he was rocking some pretty nice Jordan one. And someone asked him, oh, where'd you get those? He's like, oh, I bought these myself. So, you know, Iberflus has some swag there when it comes to the Jays. So I think we are seeing a little bit more of an an upbeat uh, Matt Iberflus. And I think you definitely see that when, you know, he's talking about some of his second-year players. He was asked about Kyler Gordon today, you guys, and, you know, what has been just the reason for his just emergence the last really two months, I would say. And he said that, one, it's just basically because, you know, with a guy like him, you can utilize him in a bunch of different ways. But he's just continuing to learn the system being out there after having that hand injury after week one of the green bay packers loss he's been you know in rhythm making a bunch of different plays so when you ask him about those players that are really contributing you definitely see the the smile on iberflus's face light up nick what did you make of his answer to your question yesterday um when you asked him about the interaction between fields and luke getsy uh, in the middle of that game because i i thought it was i, I thought it was interesting that he basically said yeah they were arguing about something but then he it while admitting what had happened he was also sort of brushing it off that's how i read it 
Yeah, it definitely seemed that way too because he had a smile again with that answer. And then I went back and then I went and watched the clip. Does anybody say pistol? Because he was talking about the formation that they were in and whether or not it would work. So, yeah, I think it looked like he, again, he admitted like, hey, they were arguing, but it was about a formation, regardless of the formation of the place that would have worked, but then brushed it off like you just said, Adam. So um, we'll get a chance to talk to Luke Getze tomorrow. Maybe he'll also have some more insight as to what was actually going on there. Regardless, that play did not work. Justin Fields had immediate pressure up the middle, had to avoid the pressure, throw the ball out of bounds. So uh, maybe being in the right formation could have had a difference, but, yeah, it seemed like he just brushed that one off. I don't think it was that big of a deal, honestly. After I thought Ibuflus's answer was helpful yesterday, the fact that he was willing to say that. Because what my guess is, the the call got called into his helmet, and they the, the, people realize these play calls have protections, formations, mm-hmm. all this all checks. Sometimes there's two play calls coming in at once because there's two plays. And, like, Getsy probably just forgot to say what the formation was or w- whether it was pistol or under, under center. And that's probably where Fields was just like, what the hell, man? What is it? Like, I, I, like I got to know. And he was probably just being demonstrative. It probably was not that big of a deal. Well, I think for me, Nick, it was maybe in the singular that isn't as big of a deal, but the cumulative of – Justin Fields over the whole game you also add in the WGN interview leading up to the game certain certainly felt like he was playing with a chip on his shoulder then he enters the post-game presser and Sean Sierra who I'm friendly with he asks him a question about short yardage situational football and Justin kind of snapped at him and said well you don't ask me any positive or I look forward to the day you ask me a positive question and it just felt like overall he had somewhat of a chip on his shoulder do you feel that vibe from Justin here as we're starting to wind down and we all understand you know the big decision that's to come for Ryan Poles is that like hanging over his head do you feel that vibe Oh, that's a, that's a good question, Greg. I don't know if I feel that same exact way for Justin Fields. Um, I know after the game he was in, you know, obviously the locker room. He, you know, hugged it out with Getsy, Janoko. And then I don't know if you guys saw, but there was uh, for Christmas, he was uh, doing some karaoke with his dad. Like it seemed like really good vibes from Justin from the Fields family. But obviously there, he, he's aware. He's very aware of the 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 underlying big picture question whether or not he's going to be here and you know Matty Refluce he was he was asked about that how does um you know Fields and his future not being decided and whether or not he's going to be in Chicago how does he think he affects a quarterback and Eberflus was saying that he talks to Fields in a general sense of just being a quarterback in the NFL where you got to keep your eyes forward and your feet are where your feet are right he always talks about that so and he says that Justin Fields' focus is always there day in and day out. He does a great job every single day and every single week of making sure he's just in the moment and not thinking about too much of the future. And, you know, I think Fields is kind of – I think he's handled that pretty well, you guys, for the most part because this season has not gone, obviously, the way that he would probably want. The passing offense right now is bottom five in yards per uh, yards per attempt or yards per, you know, in, in terms of passing. They're just not doing very well right now. So I think he would like to see that better. But, you know, this he can only control today and then obviously what he does throughout the rest of, rest of the week going into Sunday's game, you know, against the Atlanta Falcons. Nick, you got me today. You're going to ask my Justin question? 
I did get your text, Mark. I can. I will see if I can ask uh, uh, your Justin question. Okay, I want him to ask Justin why the connection with Darnell Mooney has not been there this year. What do you think he'll say if he does answer that? If Nick can get it in. Um. I don't know. I think that's why Nick has to answer the question so we can hear what the – this seems like something that could have been worked out via text. Well, I just want to know what you think Justin's going to say. Hey, Justin, why hasn't it been there with you and Darnell this year? Because that DJ Moore. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. That could be it. That's I, mean, not I mean, he's not going to say that, but that really – that could be it. I don't think that's it. But I think he's going to dodge the question. He'll dodge it. Yeah. Is there a better way to ask it? I don't know. Why don't we work that off, off after air? the show? Okay, Bye. <laughs> Nick, anything else before we let you go? Um, just looking through. Oh, you know, real quickly on Tevin Jenkins, he was asked about his long-term durability with the team. And, you know, Iberflus kind of started by saying that he loves Tevin Jenkins' development, so he's done a great job maturing. Yep. And I don't know if this was mentioned uh, previously, but he, he said that he did get hurt during just a drill and yes. during uh, the the um, training camp practices with the Indianapolis Colts. I know we, he obviously everyone knows he got injured, but said it happened during a drill. But, you know, when it comes to factoring in what goes into him being here for the long term, you know, obviously durability is going to be a factor. Um, you look at age, you look at how he affects the team in terms of chemistry, look at production too. And Matty Reflew said that Tevin Jenkins checks all those boxes. So obviously he's been doing that. And when he's on the field, Tevin Jenkins is a difference maker. Agreed. All right, Nick, great stuff. Appreciate it, man. All right, you guys. Follow him on Twitter at Nicholas Moriano. He'll have all the uh, coverage later today at allchgo.com after open locker room and Fields' press conference <laughs> as well. Hey, if you're looking for last-minute tickets, maybe, uh, hey, this is your last opportunity to go to a Bears game this week. If you're thinking about going, highly encourage you to use the Game Time app because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, all your music, all your comedy, and even theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Just jump on that game time app. Go ahead, download it now. Create an account. And you're going to want to click on the little flash button. It's in yellow. And it's going to show you the flash deals right then and there. So, you know, you can buy tickets anytime on game time. But they're especially helpful when it comes to last-minute tickets with their flash deals, with their zone deals. It's very easy to use. And they show you all the costs up front with event cancellation protection as well. It's the best place to go to download, uh, to, to buy tickets. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code CHGO, and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. So you might want to buy, go, go to the Bears game this weekend, use the app, you can get $20 off your first purchase if you use code CHGO. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. It's something we can all get behind. It's for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it, like me and you, Greg. That's right. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet 
of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So with that in mind, Gregory, what should business owners do? I'll tell you exactly what they should do. They should go to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yes, sir. I said it twice, (laughs) and that was nice. Yeah, go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Thank you to our friends at ComEd. ComEd.com slash clean. Yes, sir. It is that time. Tank standings. Boy, this seems so much less stressful than last year. I disagree. It's tank thing. <laughs> <laughs> did you see me on the pregame show about have a stroke? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um... <laughs> But I'm just saying. You should have seen me at the end of the night for the Patriots game and where I almost ruined our family Christmas party. See, that was interesting. Um, as we show you your tank standings here, the Bears um, in really good shape here because essentially – now I'm, I'm going to ask Greg Kornacki here. Yes. Um, <laughs> is there any scenario that Arizona would have the tiebreaker over Carolina or is that strength of schedule? No, the strength, the only, so there, there's some different things going on and we have some different graphics. Arizona's strength of schedule cannot overlap the Panthers as far as not overtake the Panthers. Right. If okay. they both will finish with the same record, Arizona will not have the, you know, the up, you know, so it's the a two advantage. game lead. So it's a two game lead, it's a right two now. Game lead two on Arizona. So essentially there's some other scenarios. So what's great about the Patriots winning and the Packers beating the Panthers is now it just comes down to the Jaguars. If the Jaguars can beat the Panthers on Sunday in Jacksonville, Seven point the favorite. number one pick is locked up. Problem is Trevor Lawrence might not play. So the problem is the Jaguars have been bad even with Jaguars haven't been very good. It's right. So then they have CJ Beathard. Panthers are getting better. Bryce Young played. Panthers have been playing better. CJ Beathard would be the backup. Jacksonville fans are discussing who honestly would be the better option at this point because Trevor Lawrence has been playing injured. So that's that's an interesting development. And that's why this game on Sunday isn't a gimme. The Jaguars' defense is ranked 10th in DVOA, so that's something to keep in mind. Packers' defense ranked 30th in DVOA. But, so, But just to simplify this, the Panthers, if they lose either of their last two games, correct. the Bears get the number one pick. Correct. The only scenario that the Bears will not get the number one pick now is if the Panthers won their last two games and the Cardinals lost their last two games. Correct, but... As I'll pull up a couple here, graphics that I, I, I made Lawrence put together for me. There is still, because of strength of schedule, and with the car, with the Cardinals having two or three wins, but the Patriots and Commanders having four wins, if the Panthers win out and Washington and the mess. Patriots lose out, there are scenarios with strength of schedule where the Bears can still fall as far to number four in the draft. That is a fact. Don't let Gary Ross tell you otherwise. <laughs> so these are some of the games to keep in mind. Obviously, three stars being more important as far as, you know, um, helping the strength of schedule gap extend Who made these graphics? more. You can get these from New York Times. These are simulator things okay. where you can understand, like, the odds. Right now, we have a 96% chance of the number one pick. But 
If you add in the context of the fact that the Panthers play a Trevor Lawrence-less Jaguars and the Bucks who might not play their starters because they've clinched the playoffs, you got to keep some of these things in mind. Simple way of saying things is that all the, all we need is the Jaguars to win, but things can certainly get interesting if we get to Week 18 and the Panthers won against Jacksonville. So I, I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. If you watched the way last year played out, the Texans probably had a 99% chance of the number one pick at this point, and then it came down to fingertips for the Bears to jump the Texans. So we've had a lot of good fortune here in the last year to get us to this point. We're this close to the finish line. I can taste it. It's very important for this franchise, no matter what you want them to do with that number one pick, but it's we're not out of the woods yet. We need Jacksonville to win, and if not, things will get interesting in week 18. Let's go, Jags. Let's go, Jags. Let's go, Jags. Do they say this weird thing, Duval? Don't be a Jag bag. This is a little more acceptable than the nonsense you, know you guys were pulling last Wednesday. Jaguar fans actually have a certain level of passion. Oh, you saying I could wear green today? I yeah. can wear my green sweatsher? Lawrence is wearing Jaguars. Uh, no, they, they're teal. This is just a nice... Well, same, thing, same thing last week. Robert I wasn't Lee, wearing Robert Lee asked in the chat, if the Panthers lose this week, yes, we get the number one can, pick. Can, That's it. That's the simplest way of saying it. I'm just trying to get you guys to understand that there are scenarios where they can be the number two pick, the number three pick, or even the number four pick, and those are worst-case scenarios, but I'm considering all. There's still scenarios where the Bears can make the playoffs, which I'm not ruling out. Well, hang well, on. We're going to get to that. Speaking of that, can we? Can you show the tank graphic one, up one more time, Lawrence, real the, quick? That's the other aspect is – go ahead. Go yes, on. that's what I want to get to. So look at this from an, from the other side of it. The Bears, who did have five wins last week and were at number five and are now at number eight after right. being the Cardinals, and now you see who's sitting at 10, Atlanta, who, of course, we're playing this week. So now we're going to drop into double digits. And I do kind of want to ask the question, like, do Bears fans want to win? And drop, and drop further back? Well, let's go through these playoff scenarios, too. Sure. Uh, 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 before we answer that, because it, I think we got the full context of what's at stake. So, Greg Kornacki. Yes, sir. Because none of this makes sense to me. I mean, there's 700 different things that need to happen. For yeah, to there really playoffs. are, and it's, it gets kind of convoluted. I don't know if I can. I, I, I put it all in notion, uh, what needs to happen, what okay, we're rooting go for. Ahead. I'm glad you want me you to did. do it? Because I, I can find them, but it Okay, I got it. So... <laughs> No problem. None of what you put in the notion makes sense to me looking at it. Are you I serious? Know. Yeah, it's just a lot. What week are we talking about? Are these two, are we, is this uh, just this week? Is this overall the next two weeks? This, okay. Let me, let me, let me explain. There okay. are, there are six teams that are in competition for two spots. Okay. Mm-hmm. The top of the food chain are the Rams and the Seahawks who are both eight and seven. All mm-hmm. right. The Rams are at the Giants this week. Yep. The and then Giants. they're at San Francisco. Right. And Seattle is home with the Pittsburgh Steelers and then on the road at Arizona. So we, and then we need they need the, both of those teams need to go. Oh, and two. Yes. There's a, there's a few different scenarios. Minnesota is 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 <laughs> we know Greg. Okay, thank you. Minnesota is seven eight. They're home with Green Bay. Then they're at Detroit. Atlanta is seven and eight. They're playing at the Bears. And they're and they're at on the road at New Orleans. Green Bay seven eight at Minnesota. Then home with the Bears. And then the Saints at Tampa. This, home, this, home with Atlanta. There's but no the, way this makes any sense to anybody listening to the show. Well, who do they need? Who do they need to win? They need New York over the Rams. I got it. I got it. Who needs the win? 
Cornette this week. I, I, I thought I, I was Cornette. I know. This is terrible. I, I think it's interesting to hear who teams are playing. That's not, I wasn't giving you a very hard thing here. You go through each team like, oh, yeah, that, that doesn't sound good. None of it sounds good, by the way, when you go through right, who they're playing. Right, because it's not happening. Right. This week, what do they need? They need the Bucks over the Saints. Tampa, right. by the way, is a three-point favorite. Okay. They need the Giants to beat the Rams. New York's a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Taylor. Yeah, it, and, and Tyrod Taylor is starting. To the Steelers. Three and a half point underdog over the Seahawks, and you need the Packers a one and a half point underdog over the Vikings or a tie. That's what we. That's what we're rooting for. And this if week. any of those happen, if if any of those don't happen, what happens? There's other scenarios. Okay. So it, it's, I'm just it, telling you, that, okay. I'm not sure exactly what you might what be the right. They're, they're they may <laughs> get to the final week where there's scenarios that they could they could still make it. But yes. for this week, you need the buck. Root for the Bucks. Root for the Giants. Root for the Steelers, root for the Packers. Well, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. No, because technically there's scenarios where Minnesota can beat the Packers, so that one's kind of a wash. But the other three are correct. Giants, Bucks, Steelers, and then the Packers-Minnesota one's a wash because there's right. different scenarios where either one can win. Well, most importantly, root for the Jaguars to beat the Panthers. That's the most important thing but, in the organization. And then meanwhile, I'd like to talk about why these last two games I think are significant for the Bears. Okay. Yep. Because I think both of these games are winnable. I think both of these games are very losable, too. And I think we talked about it with Baldy a little bit. I think people are overlooking the Falcons. To me, they're a different team with Taylor Heineke. If he's not going to turn the ball over, he's way better than what Desmond Ritter was for them. Agreed. Because Desmond Ritter was just careless with the football. It, It was a nightmare. They have talent on that football team. Their defense is pretty good, much better than the Cardinals. I think the Bears are going to struggle to score points this week. And offensively, again, I think it just comes back to, it's very similar to the Bears. They're not great, but they have enough talent on the field at any given time where if they just don't turn the ball over, they're going to be in position to win the game. So I know it's not a groundbreaking take here, but to me this is just the definition of one of those games that's going to come down to the turnovers and, t- and taking care of the football this week, and whoever loses the turnover battle probably loses the football game. But it just – this season to me and the progress that's been made, when you zoom out and all of a sudden you go, wow, the Bears are 6-5 and five in their last 11, and three of those losses should have been wins. Right. That's okay. That's something. They've won four straight – Home games, right? That's something they've turned that around. From what Lawrence mentioned earlier, they lost ten in a row at home, which was terrible. Type of stuff that gets you fired. Okay, now they're on a four-game win streak at home. Good for them. And then meanwhile, they've won two in a row against NFC North opponents when they couldn't. What oh nine was what they started right? Uh, this regime this uh, against the North. Now all of a sudden they won two in a row. They beat the Packers. That's three in a row. Now you are three and three in your division. Yep. Which isn't as bad. We would have taken that probably before the beginning of the year, and they've won three in a row. They beat all three teams within the division. The point I'm trying to make here is the zoom-out picture of what's been accomplished here recently to me looks completely different if you win these two games compared to if you lose these two games. I agree. Because if you lose these two games, those streaks we've been talking about go out the window. Now you haven't won, now you haven't won five in a row at home. You haven't won three in a row against your division. And maybe most importantly to the McCaskey family, you still haven't beaten the Packers. Yep. So if we want to still have this conversation about who's coaching the team next year, I would almost call it a virtual lock for Eberflus to return if they win these last two games. Whereas if they lose these, and of course the context always matters, 
I just think there's there's much more fuel to the fire of this idea of, hey, what's going on with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan? Did they beat Alabama? Are they playing for the national championship yep. the day after the season ends, by the way, which is interesting timing? That could all be stuff we're talking about here in a week and a half. So let, let me give a uh, – I'm not saying that you're at all wrong about exactly how this will be looked at from inside the building. And – it may just go that way. But I would hope that Ryan Poles knows what he is going to do. And the best scenario or the best example of that that I can give, I got to cross over sports one more time. 1989, Bulls finished 47-35. and 35. They were an underdog going into the first round of the playoffs. That's the year that Jordan hit the shot. So they beat Cleveland. Then they go. New York was heavily favored. They go and they beat the Knicks in six because Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play basketball. Then they're up 2-1 on Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals to go to the NBA Finals. This is way further than anybody thought they were going to be. They lose the final three. They put the Jordan rules in. Bulls lose three days after the season or whatever it was. Stunner. Bulls fire Doug Collins. This would not be that. They made a run to the Easter Conference Finals. If the Bears win the last two games of the year and finish 8-9, and nine, and they base it on that with Matt Eberflus, if you think that it's the best move is to move on and get another coach, that would be ridiculous. It should not matter what happens in the last two games. You are thinking long-term, do you want this guy here? Period, yes or no. He should know that by now, for the record. And he also, for the record, should know about the quarterback. This should not be some huge referendum if Ryan Poles is doing his job the right way. I agree. I don't disagree with it, but that's what we would do or that's what we view as what would be the smart thing to do and and then there's a separate conversation of what the Bears will likely do. And and so to Hoag's point, yeah, there's four wins in a row at home. There's six uh, and five in their last 11 after starting 0 and 4. They're positively trending you know, in the right direction from where this started. But as I pointed out earlier, five of the six wins are against opponents you could argue weren't that impressive. Now these last two games, Atlanta and Green Bay, those would be impressive wins. So where people are like, oh, we're like the Lions of last year. Well, you got to win these next two games first before you get to put yourself in that category. Win out the rest of the year, beat your division rival, even better if you get to knock them out of the playoffs. You know, they need some things to go their way, speaking of, you know, you know, scenarios, to even have a chance the last week. And I hope they do because that's what I hope uh, the Bears have an opportunity is to knock them out of the playoffs. So those two games I think are going to be big for Matt Eberflus's future and maybe even Justin Fields, depending on how Ryan Poles evaluates the situation and where the Bears uh, first pick with the Panthers lands. Carm, I agree with you Yeah, that that – decision should already be pretty much made what i'm saying though is if the decision right now is to bring them back because of the progress that's been made i just think that progress looks a lot different if you lose these two games and you might be thinking twice about it that's yep. fair that's fair that, yeah. that, that that's where that's, i think that this could still yeah, be a big deal if you want the coaches to be fired yeah. then you're kind of rooting for the bears and, to stumble here and, at the and look end. no city probably has well i don't want to, i don't know the history of every sports city but i feel like chicago definitely does have this relatively long track record recently with our franchises of having pretty okay to decent coaches get from point a to point b before they make a change to get from point B to point championship. Right. And we saw it with your example you're talking about with Doug Collins. We saw it with the Blackhawks 
with Dennis Savard. Yep. And he's Cubs, out, and Joel Quinville's in. We saw it with the Cubs. Rick Renteria. Rick Renteria they go to David Joe Ross. Madden. And then the White Sox pulled it off with uh, with uh, Rick Renteria to Tony La Russa, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. That's not how that one played. But, but, that's right, well, but it's an interesting underlining, too. It was wildly unpopular in most all of those things. No, Bulls fans hated that Doug Collins was fired and they were hiring some rando named Phil Jackson. Bla- Blackhawks fans hated it when Dennis Savard was moved on. They just screwed Savvy. Right, Lawrence? That was... that was ex- Savvy's my guy. I love him. Right. Exactly. See, as someone who knew <laughs> Nothing about hockey and just saw Joel Quenville's. Who the hell is pumped? Who the hell is this Joel Quenville Q weirdo? I mean, that's how it was taken. Mustache. I I don't think it'd be as wildly unpopular with with Matt Eberflus, but it certainly would be very unpopular with a with a large segment of the fan base if they decide to move on from the quarterback. I'm not saying they're going to or that they should, but if they do it, it will be unpopular. But Ryan Poles can't. You can't base the decision on that. You got to do what's right for the franchise. All right, we got to speed things up here a little bit because we got Cubs coming up. We got a lot of super chats to get to, and I have have a confession I have to make before we get out of here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right, let's get to the Super Chats. The Duke 811 jumping in here. $20 instructions <laughs> for what to root for. Unclear. Got my member stuck in my toaster. <laughs> root for the Jaguars and root for the Bears. Just have some fun in your life. There you go. Although Most the Bear, importantly. Although the Bears pick, as you asked earlier, the Bears could knock themselves. If they win both their games, they could fall with that second pick as far to 15 or even 16. That's 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 so you got to eat it if they yeah. finish on a strong note. I know it's not ideal, but if you well, you polls know. will figure out, which yeah, is my yeah, point. There's a, King polls, there's a Let's lot go. to be determined here. T fly shy to Long Beach, ten dollars. How can we even consider trading fields if he wins his final three division games? Flus is figuring out the division as well as Luke. We have to build. The real teams in the NFL have foundation. Respect. He might look at it like that, T. Fleshy. Cody Emery, four ninety nine. Uh, first super chat for me. What's up, Cody? Welcome, Cody. Would you trade Fields for Tomlin? <laughs> no, I would not. I would. You trade Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin, and we didn't lead the show with that. That's one of the boldest takes you've ever given. Fields for Tomlin? <laughs> you know who Mike Tomlin is, right? I'm not trading Justin Fields for no Mike Tomlin. Am I? You know who Mike Tomlin is? You would trade. No, you, no, you, get, you, you would not. You get one that. of the best coaches in the league, and then you draft Caleb Williams to go with him? You are not trading Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin. The Steelers are the ones not doing it. Oh, come on. You could get Mike Tomlin for a I'll give you a third and a fourth round pick. You want you Mike Tomlin. I'm not giving you Justin Fields. Had to give up for Sean Payton? That might be what you get for Fields. 
That's fine. I'm not trading Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin. I can't believe we're, we should do the whole show on this one. That we be, should. That, we got to bring this back tomorrow. That, that, you that, don't that, like that, Mike that, Tomlin. No, I do. I, I, I love Mike Tomlin. I'm not trading my starting quarterback for a head coach. You, do you, the, the, the only reason you shouldn't like Mike Tomlin is that he's for somehow didn't play Mason Rudolph over Mitch Trubisky for like five weeks. Listen, they, they, That's the only reason you should not like Mike player Tomlin. Over That's because we needed the Steelers to lose Player over the coach, yes. Brady over Belichick, Logan. Fields over Tomlin. You are Logan Cox. I cannot. This you are. You and Justin Fields are just. We're in a thing. I, I, I have Logan every Cox. day is a new day with this I, guy. I, I have no be idea. Quiet. I want to hear what Hoag's uh, little confession is. Okay. Logan Cox, four ninety nine super chat. Caleb Williams, character issues. Liking tweets about him not going to Chicago. Stick with Justin, please. I'm begging Logan. He liked a tweet of a fan saying that he didn't want him yeah. in Chicago, and he also liked a tweet saying yeah. that. A fan saying he'd love to have him in Chicago. Also, he so. keeps receipts, which is fine. Yeah, Justin doesn't. So if that's your reason you like Justin, that's fine. Big Cram, four ninety nine. Nick saw the flu slick back and said, "Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it right there." <laughs> but for real, Nick, just tell your barber for a low taper, and you'll be all right. Low taper, low taper. Okay, that's what I've been doing. Big Cram, um, I was first. I'm growing. Mob O'Brien, five dollars. Brags, where did you get that hoodie? We got it at chgolocker.com. But I, I'm I pretty, sent him the link. I, yeah, I put it in go. the chat. Yeah. But I, Come on, but bro. I, I'm not sure if you have to be a diehard to get this. No, dude. no that one's for Come that on, one's bro. Okay. available to everybody. I just wanted to be 100% clear. CHGOLocker.com. We got some really great designs there. Please. I'm actually repping a DNVR. Yeah, he's got the Colorado buff. This is my first time wearing Chicago versus everybody, and I feel so good. You Mark, should have your own Carm versus everybody. Mark Carmen versus I, everybody with a Derek I, I, Carr. Listen, I've been begging for a shirt for a year and a half. Nobody will do it, and they just <laughs> and I try not to take that personally. Bear down, Omaha, two dollars. I did Mid- take that personally. With Midtown's help, Brags will beat Carmen tennis. <laughs> I've got t-shirts. Uh, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> with Midtown's help, Brags. Uh, Hey, if any, if, he's he's training right now with midtime though, so he's got the upper hand. And I gotta listen, get my, I gotta as, get my meniscus. As, as great as my advice, you just punt on the tennis. Thing. As, as yeah, great as punt on the just tennis. every other thing, maybe, yeah, yeah. but just don't. I'm gonna get punt on the tennis, tennis thing. Yeah, uh, and then finally, big cram, one ninety nine. Carm, you ever return that umbrella? No, I did not return the umbrella to my ex wife. I still have it. I believe. I think. Pretty certain. That might be a problem. All right, I have a confession to make. I begged for the dog this this morning is what I did. I think I'm a Swifty, you guys. Oh, good God! What's wrong with that? I'm, a I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just I'm just admitting it, and admitting it's the first step the to music I don't know. or the way she cheers for her. No, the music. Oh, it's I mean, come on, I bust some style right now. So a week and a half ago, we we rented the. Uh, you know her concert movie. That's out Christmas, now. Or not the, it's yeah, not really just, a movie. It's just a concert that right. you can watch, but it's cool. Now they charge twenty dollars for it on Amazon Prime, which is insane to rent it, not to buy it. My wife and her friend it. went to the movie theater to That's watch. Different this. though, you're in a movie thing, no, and it's probably it's cool. Stupid. My wife did that too. Now, all I'm saying was, I watched this for three hours. I was captivated. It was, hey. it was great. But here's here's how I knew I was a Swifty. <laughs> She's on the screen for those in the audio. That's just a great job by Lawrence with a thumbs up. Um, so I had a long six-hour drive home from Minnesota yesterday by myself because my family stayed up there. Good for them. Um, <laughs> Good I, for them. I, I, li- I listened to... I listened to 
our post game. You know, did some self scouting like the Bears do. This is a good job. I, I I listened to your show with Herb yesterday. It was a great show. Thank you so nice much. Nice job. I listened to, go, to about half of Hogan Johns before I got bored. Um, <laughs> just kidding. And then I spent the I you know it was a long dark car ride and I get tired when I drive and they pump myself up. You went I, swift. I went swift. That's great. And probably spent a good two and a half hours just straight listening to Taylor Swift. And she got me home last night. Do you the ever energy was going? I was feeling it. Do you ever pound the sunroof? Go on and do one of those. Oh, like the 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 big Lebowski, sure. Uh, gif the dude yeah. doing that. Hell yeah, I love that gif. By the way, I made yeah. the mistake of starting Oppenheimer at midnight last night, and the movie is cap. Oh my God, I know. What's wrong with what you? The well, fuck? I just I I can't sleep because I'm so stressed <laughs> about Sunday. And then I and so I start Oppenheimer. I'm like, oh, I'll watch a couple, you know, a little bit of it. And but no, it was so captivating. I ended up being up all night, and I haven't slept since yesterday. You know, what my biggest realization is besides that, that's just the weirdest thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah, okay, Swifty. I didn't know how many Taylor Swift songs I actually knew. You say that's the thing. You know a lot of them. You like know them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Now I couldn't tell you what year, you know. Sarah, name a Swift song. Shake Any, it off. What? Shake it off, man. Oh, yeah, what? I couldn't. T- I couldn't tell you if "Shake It Off" was 2008 or 2014. I have no That's clue. Fine. I don't know which albums which. They all run together. But I. She's awesome, dude. I'm not pushing back. She's on any ruining of this. Travis Kelsey though. It's great. They're three and fives that she showed up. <laughs> I love it. She's learning. She's she'll, she'll have an old, a whole album to, you know, sing about football pain you know what, though? that we've been through for If I'm Travis Kelsey, decades. are you thinking about just hanging this thing up? I mean, I mean she, you got Taylor Swift. You've won in Super Bowls. Um, you, you, no, you know, I don't think he is. If you've seen The Natural, she's, she's like the first girl that ends up shooting Roy Hobbs, and then the second one comes along, <laughs> Glenn Close. Kelsey needs her Glenn Close. He needs Glenn Close to stand up in a football stadium and just stare and just sit there and say, I didn't want to see you fail. She, he, need, he needs to move on. Also, He, the, needs, to, he needs to say yeah. peace. Also, Taylor Swift wrote a song about Greg Braggs Jr., you need, you need to calm down. You're being too loud. That song is about you. Yeah. It's never going to happen, sir, I can't sleep, so I watch Oppenheimer at midnight. All right, we got to go. Cubs show's coming up. Um, Adam Rank tomorrow. Rank it right two, at noon. Two Adams on the show tomorrow. Two Adams. Adam Rank off the top. Adam Hogue from House Hall. All right. I'll miss you guys. Have a great day. One show in person with you guys a week is not enough. (laughs) It's such a lie. (laughs) The best line.